It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, I've been fortunate enough to sit down with some great coaches here at the Texas High School Coaches Association Coaching School, and I got another one here, another 40, under 40 member, a guy who's doing an incredible job at Lubbock Christian, Coach Chris Softles. Chris, it's great to have you here. Thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate the invite. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. Thank you. So in getting to know Chris here, before we got going, he wears a lot of hats. He's the head football coach, athletic director. And he calls plays on both sides of the ball on game night. Uh, He doesn't coordinate both sides, but he's the guy calling the plays. And I think there's some interesting advantages there, especially for a school of your size at the Division III level in TAPS, which is the Texas Association of Parochial and Private Schools. So you guys do have uh, your own uh, league, division, championships. And you guys have been there. Final Four, you've been a finalist. Uh, Certainly have the program on the right track. So first of all, let's look at the way that you guys operate. It is unique. You don't hear of a lot of play callers who call all the plays, both sides of the ball, but it's worked for you guys. It's worked for your situation. And as we got to talking about this beforehand, it certainly works because of the way you guys are at a small school, that what you could take on as the play caller reflects also what your players are able to take on in having a quarterback, for example, who plays safety. Right. That's right. And you know, a lot of it is the, the strength of the staff. The fact that our staff is so good on the weekends and so good in preparation and breakdown that we can divide up the myriad of assignments that we have. And then together we help organize this game plan. And then we just keep in mind that if I'm calling both sides of the ball, well, the quarterback's also playing safety, as you said. They're playing both sides of the ball, so it forces us to keep it simple. And I know we all talk about that in clinics and on podcasts, but when push comes to shove, it doesn't take but one weekend for us to go from simple to complex because we saw Alabama run it (laughs) or Texas run it, right? And so it is just a constant – you just have to fight against that that temptation to be more complex, and this is a great way to do it because if we start getting cloudy as a staff, we know the kids are for sure cloudy, and it forces us to keep it simple. Yeah, I think it's an interesting concept, and it's certainly – in today's day and age where everybody wants a title and everybody wants, you know, the major responsibility, you know, building around strengths and understanding how you guys work well together is overall going to help you as a staff. Not caring about who gets credit. We're doing this together. That's has right. has to be the spirit of it. And, and that's the secret sauce of our staff. I mean, it is a great group of individuals, high unity, 
a lot of common love and respect for one another. And it is, it's a, it's a bunch of talented guys that could do more elsewhere, but they know that they're, they're maximizing in their lane here for Lubbock Christian and for our kids. And obviously uh, we're very grateful and, and thankfully the results have, have followed. You know, we talked about this before we got going in this aspect of it too, certainly in being the, the play caller on both sides, it allows that idea of complementary football to happen. Now, complementary football is, has become a buzzword we started talking about here really more recently. There was a time where I, I can't even remember that that was a term, but we did get into this era where uh, there, you, know, you could have that situation where that offense who wants to go a million miles an hour isn't necessarily aligning with that defensive coordinator who wants to slow the game down and you know keep the defense off the field and those kinds of things. So that's another benefit of this is that you understand overall, here's our overall game plan and how we're going to call a game. Yeah, and again, having two-way players, we're very aware that we went up tempo last drive, we, we threw it to this guy three times, or this kid had seven carries, now he's the safety. And so we want to make sure that, that we're putting kids in position to be successful. And so absolutely, we're, we're probably at the height of complimentary football, even to the point where like NCAA football, EA Sports used to be, we're, we're aware of their fatigue meters, you know? We, we, know <laughs> we know who needs a blow and when and why because obviously we have our hands in both sides. Right, and you are the athletic director. You're the head football coach, which means there's a lot of things you have to handle off the field to run your program. Uh, we've said you're the play caller on both sides, but you are not the coordinator on both sides. You have coordinators who handle this. You have guys who fill that role and have the responsibility of putting this thing together. And you guys have an interesting model for how that happens over the course of the weekend. And I think, number one, it takes advantage of the technology available today, mm -hmm. and it's family-friendly. I can't tell you how many you know, over my 27 years, how many weekends I had where I didn't see my kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big deal to me. So I, as a husband, as a father of four, I told my girlfriend and then fiance and then wife is, you know, I, I vow to you that although we're going to be a coaching family, and I want you to know that when you get into this, you know, and she had to sign off on it, <laughs> that I'm going to do everything in my power to do it right. And by that, it takes what it takes. We say that in the game of football and being a good coach, but that's true in being a good husband and being a good father. And, and I think there's plenty of research out there that shows us uh, being home for dinner and around the dinner table and uh, being able to ask your kids how their day went, being there on the weekends when, when available, I think those are, those are crucial, especially during the formative years. So what we've done, and, and I kind of said when, when I got this job, I said, I don't want to forget what it was like to be an assistant. I won't ever forget that. And so as an assistant, you did what was set up. We worked some long hours. Uh, sometimes it felt like an art project. Like, why are we cutting this out and, and gluing this and making this goal board? Like, did, did the kids even read these? But as a head coach, what we do on the weekend is we work 8 to noon, and we, we break down the previous night's game. And then at noon, we bring in our families, all the kids, all the wives, and we have family meal together. We don't do anything Friday night after the game. It's Saturday, noon to 1. Kids are playing in the gym. The spouses are getting to interact. If our parents come in from out of town, they're there. I mean, it's, it's like a giant potluck, and it's great. And then at 1 o'clock, we go home. 
And what we tell them, you know, again, I trust my staff. Everybody has certain to-do lists and boxes to check, and they need to get all that done by Sunday night at 6 p.m. so I can start to put the bow on it, and then Monday at 6.30, we're there in staff meetings ready to roll, Monday at 6.30 a.m. We'll do spot checks along the weekend, but the most important part is, is that you're there. You're able to be at the t-ball game or the, or the flag football game, and, and you're able to be there and go on walks and bike rides and be a dad. Yeah, that's so important in this game, and you have to pay attention to it. You can burn guys out, right? And it's not because a guy doesn't want to be a great coach. It's because he wants to be a great father. He wants right. to be a great husband. And when you, you're, you're pulling at that, you know, it, it can pull a guy away from the game, and you might lose a great coach. And Absolutely. We need great coaches in this game. And there's no reason we can't do some things like that with the technology today. We used to be tied to the film room, right? Because there wasn't, you know, 2009, I think, was Huddle broke us out of the film room, right? I mean, to that point, I can remember sitting in those dark rooms with everybody around the table with tape going back and forth. <laughs> uh, or, you know, my dad was a coach. You know, every now and then he'd bring home that big heavy uh, reel to reel with the clicker mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know we're that thing back and forth till the tape broke and then you know curse a little bit and fix it and then do it again but you know that that was the limiting factor is we actually did need to be in the office and then you take all the communication tools that are available you mentioned you guys use you know google docs slack uh, text each other all those kinds of things i mean now even if needed you know you could hop on a, a zoom and share right. some things there so if that's what we have available, I think there's a, there's a good argument for taking advantage of it. You know, the other thing is when, when I was a first-year coach, I was asked, I'm from Nebraska originally, and I was asked to be the best man in one of my buddy's weddings, and it was during the fall. So, hey, poor wedding planning, number one. Right. But uh, I went to my head coach, and I asked him, and long story short, he said, well, it's a big weekend. We're really counting on you. You know, we'll let you make the decision, but uh, I think you should stay. And I stayed and I didn't go. And I mean, I really regret that. That was a, mm-hmm. that was a bad choice. And so now, like if my guys need to go to a wedding, they're going to a wedding. If they need to go to a t-ball game, they're going to a t-ball game. And yes, they have things they need to do and they need to be professional and responsible. But isn't that why we hired them? Like, let's trust them to do their job. Let's equip them Let's give them the resources, but then let them do their job. And so I just think that that allows us to have greater longevity in the sport, but also on our staff. You know, we've, we've only, even in our entire athletic department, we've had three people leave our program and they all went to college jobs. That's it. Nobody's leaving. And I think, I think this has a part to do with it, is people love coming to work because they know they're going to be valued and they know they can keep their primary ministry of their, of their home in, in that primary spot. So in looking at, what you've done and how this sets up a system for you. You mentioned the simplicity being important, right? If you can't keep it clear in your head, certainly the players can't, so it forces you guys into that. So uh, with that in mind, what is heading into, you know, these next couple weeks here when you get going and it's, it's camp and there's a week one coming up, what's the install look like and how are you guys working through camp? It's a great question for us right now because it's, July 18th and on July 25th next Monday at 8 a.m. we start our coaches retreat and so we go Monday through Thursday coaches retreat 8 to 5 and we are putting it all in and by it all I don't just mean football but I mean the policies and procedures of the athletic department 
and certainly I mean the culture, which I think is the most important thread that runs through how we conduct our business. And so we're spending a lot of time together, no cell phones, we cater the lunches in, we do some activities, we get on the court and work out, we go out in the field and work out just to be together. And then we end it with a, with a night at four golf, like top golf, and bring our spouses out. And that's how we end it on Thursday night. Well, that's coaches retreat next week. What that sets us up for is August 1's our first day. And, and we have 16 days of fall camp that we do 14 practices on. One of them's a scrimmage and one of them's gonna be a free day, you know, that they don't know about. Hopefully they don't listen to the podcast, right? But we, we, have, we have 14 days that, that we need to get in and, and we do a three week, four day install. And so if you, know, if you count that up, that adds up to 12 practices that matter to us. It's a four day install. We go one week, so one, day one through four versus odd. And then week two, quote unquote, is one through four versus even, the same install again. And then that third week, one through four, is where we get into a little bit more of our exotics and situational work. Mm -hmm. And we've loved that, that method, odd, even, and then, and then the exotics, and it keeps us simple again. So day one's zones, day two's power, G, day three is our dart or counter scheme based on what we're doing there. And then day four gets into some of our one word check plays. So it's a four day install that luckily we get to repeat three times. And by the time we get to the first scrimmage, everything's in. And uh, we, we play two scrimmages and then we're ready to roll for week one. Flip that over, what's the install look like on the defensive side of the ball? Yes, exact same. So it's on the same Excel document, right? Which is the beauty is. So week one, four days, we are doing an odd install. And guess what? I tell the kids, I said, I feel confident these are the formations we're going to see in practice today. <laughs> and, and we're going to see three by one on day one. And we'll, we'll put in our three by one coverages. We're going to work versus zone. And then the next day we're talking pullers with the linebackers and how we're going to spill and how we're going to handle that. And so it's that same one through four on repeat three times. And again, what it forces us to do is know who we are and who we aren't. It makes us make sure that we're running the best scheme for what's in our locker room. Um, but it also helps us give us the best chance to be ready come week one. We've been fortunate to be successful at each of our home openers, and I think the simplicity of our install calendar helps our kids feel like they have all the tools in the toolbox to be successful week one. Yeah, that's a good approach and, and obviously sound in that you're handling everything, you're working in the situations. Uh, at a small school then, how you handle in the special teams install as well as what's your philosophy on playing time in those you got a guy who's a, a two-way player in key positions how many special teams does he get on as well yeah that, and that is the question I think if we want to be great we're always learning right we're lifelong learners we're adapting and so that's an area where I want to continue to be a learner because I don't know if we're at the at the elite level or not. I think we are, obviously, this is what we do because we believe in it, but I, I always want to be open and here's why, is you hear guys say, I think offense, defense, and special teams each divides, a, d deserves a third of your time. I, I just don't agree with that. I'm different in that. Yeah. So we do a lot less special teams, but we also sell it to the kids. It's, here's the deal, special teams is a one rep max out. That's what we call it. You get one rep and that's it. So we don't do do-overs. You know, offense, hey, there's three downs. It's okay. We can take an incompletion here. We can take a throw it out, of, right? But that's the way we train special teams. So it gets a lot less time. Coaches have to be on their toes. They're coaching with rocks in their shoes because special teams happens fast. It's a five-minute install, get in and get out, and we're running off to another period. 
Now, we spent a lot of time in meetings in that coach's retreat going through what we want our punt to look like our, and our punt block and our kick re- kickoff return. But for the kids, they, they'll get some handouts and some hard copies. We're big on teaching to each of the learning styles uh, in our meetings. We can get into that later. But in terms of special teams reps, absolutely there is no correlation to the amount of reps that they get offensively and defensively. That's the way we run the program. And that, we, we put a little bit of stress on them there is, is, no, you haven't done this a thousand times. I just need you to do it once. Perfect. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about the learning styles because I, I believe that's an important thing to think about, especially beginning of, of the season. You know, everybody usually goes back to square one. We're going to do it again, even though we've installed it in the spring, summer, whatever. Uh, but paying attention to learning styles is such an important part of this, too, being able to reach all of those types of learners. So talk to us about how you guys do that. So the way we meet is extremely detailed uh, we, we say there has to be a method to the meeting and so it's just like we would run the classroom right these are great teachers in the classroom in terms of biology or calculus whatever it is they teach and when we get to football let's let's not let's not deviate from those things that are expectations in the classroom so there's a bell ringer right there's something that when they're getting into the room they need to do this give me an example of a bell ringer for football it may be as simple as you got to hug five guys. You know, I mean, it may be that simple. It may be, be ready, we're going around the room, and we need to hear three attitudes of gratitudes. Or it may be like there's an objective and a question written on the board, and the bell ringer is, is you need to write it in your yeah. notes. So you're so, setting a focus. Right? That's right. So yeah. everybody gets a composition notebook, and everybody gets told how to take notes. It's not because we don't think they're intelligent. It's because we know we're a highly distracted society, mm-hmm. and we think assuming things is foolish. So we're going to tell them exactly what to write down each and every day. And so it's a 20-minute max meeting, uh, and, and they got to bring three things, right? They, they need to bring a writing utensil. They need to bring something to write on, which is that composition notebook we provide them, and then they need to bring something that, that tells time because they need to be there early and on time and ready to roll. And we tell them what to write. We tell them what to do with their eyes. You know, we say we listen with our eyes, and then we'll do a minimum of four check for understandings in the middle of that meeting. And what a check for understanding would be is just as simple as like a, a – a, sentence finish so if I say uh, to be silent is to and they'd say to be selfish right one of our core value there Mm -hmm. or or if I said if I said Keith gray equals and you'd say gray equals give right you'd be my quarterback and I'm trying to take the gray out of it I'm making it black and white for you gray equals give so if we're talking zone read I get a gray read I wasn't sure what to do coach Well, what do we do we have an answer for that it's give I'm gonna we're gonna call on kids we're gonna ask them to finish sentences we're gonna do repeats there's Chris Beard used to be the coach at University of Texas. Or, I'm sorry, Texas Tech. Now he's at University of Texas. I had the opportunity to be with them on a trip, and he's fantastic at meetings. One of the best I've ever seen. Well, again, lifelong learners. We're going to steal stuff from everybody. And there were some things that we did that they did, and I thought, okay, I feel good about how we're doing this. And there's some elite things that he does with his check for understandings that I thought we can grow in this as well. So we stole a bunch from him, and that's the way we conduct our meetings, real purposeful. Again, taking them through the four learning styles. So they got to write notes. They need to speak back. They're listening, and then we're watching it on the TV in our right. locker room as well. Right. Yeah, no, great, great stuff. And then I think something that doesn't get talked about enough, and you said you guys don't assume anything, is the walkthrough, right? I'm always interested in what's the best way to do a walkthrough. How do you do a walkthrough? What are some of the things we can learn from the way you do it? Well, you know, <laughs> Uh, we're always stealing stuff from everybody else, right? So uh, I don't know if we have the, the perfect plan for it, but what we do is that's 10 minutes of a general meeting. It, 
we're in the meeting room right here. So it's 10 minutes, day one, general meeting. We're going through, do you have your physicals? Here's the schedule for the week. Here's the schedule for the day. And then after the end of that meeting, everybody flips spots. They get in their accountability group lines. We call them flight crews. And then we're 10 minutes of our O install, what I was just talking about. At the end of that, two 10-minute meetings. Now we're right to the field for that walkthrough. And the offensive meeting is going to end with, here are the things you just learned right? Here are the things you should have written down. They're going to write them all down. And here are the things we are about to do. And those three should all be the same thing. So here's what I went over. Here's what you have written down. And here's what now we're going to go walk through. And we walk right outside. We have a meeting room that is 12 feet from our practice field. And we walk right out. They, they have their, they're locked in and, and um, geared up when they're in the meeting room. We walk right out and it, coaches have it set up at the station work that we're going to walk through. And it's, it's five to ten minutes of pre-practice where we're doing that skill. So if it's inside zone, maybe a quarterback and running back mesh period, um, wide receivers may be working on their fast screen or their RPOs. Just real quick, just walking through it. Because then when practice starts and that first horn buzzes, now there's no more walking. Now it's full speed. And, and I, I tell our coaches, we're, we're not going to yell at kids for walking on the field unless we've clearly done all the lab work beforehand. So we, we, are, we are crawling, we're walking, and then we're running. And that's kind of the way we run practice. Then in the middle of practice, we'll take a big five-minute break. Our water break is at a whiteboard. So we'll go to a whiteboard, and we'll really have another, quote-unquote, install meeting, just shorter. And what it is is we're about to go to team. Here's the main scheme we have to stop this week, right? They are going to run this, and we draw it out of their three main formations. Here are two calls that we'll have, and how we'll, and so then we run right over, and now we're in team defense, and we're, we're seeing that play mixed in throughout the team period. And this is just a format you guys carry throughout the years, not That's just right. camp install. That's it's, right. It's weekly. Yeah, and so more specifically, we'll do a, we'll do a meeting, hour and 10 offensive practice, meeting our and 10 defensive practice during fall camp that's our fall camp we don't do two a days we want to we want to play in december we plan on playing a 19-week a football season so i want kids and coaches to be fresh if we're going to play in december i don't want to wear them out in august so we go eight to noon that's two practices two meetings a weight room session and a snack time all in that period and then we're done we don't bring them back in the heat of the day but you're right some of that does carry over into the in-season practice in terms of how we structure it is it is a little bit of a staccato practice. We go real fast, and then we're going to take a break, and we're going to make sure we talk and, and go through that learning period. And then we're going to go real fast, and then we're going to take a break. And just because what we don't want is to have conversations in the middle of our tempo periods, right. if we're training them to play both sides of the ball at various tempos, we just feel like that replicates the game the best. You mentioned being able to play a 19-week season. so. Uh, I think there's a couple considerations in there. One, the player load, making sure that at the end of the season you have them physically. You guys are still, uh, you're not declining, that you're still ramping up and peaking at the right times. Uh, but also, especially at a small school, but I think this applies at any school, that over the course of that long of a season, somebody who's not starting right now is going to need to step That's up. Right. So, so both the load management side and then that next man up type of, of situation, how do you guys view that? How do you handle it? Yeah, I think the biggest part of that is from day one, August one, is you, you have to prepare with the end in mind, right? And so what we're doing is eight to noon, and that's it during fall camp every day to noon 
And then when we get into the regular season, which is first week of school, basically every Wednesday we, we do a 45-minute a walkthrough. That's our Wednesday practice. So we're, we're hot and heavy Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday is just helmets for 45 minutes, and then we go into a 45-minute team meeting, and it's actually not football. You know, we call it real talk, and they get a chance. It's, it's kind of like Dabo does is they shut the doors and do kind of safe seat, and kids can ask us any question they want. So when we were in the COVID season, I mean, depression, suicide, uh, divorce, those things come up all the time in that meeting. And I think kids look and go, man, you're cutting out Wednesday practice time for accountability and unity. And I think that starts to give them a little bit more fresh juice and love for their teammates to make them be able to play longer. Again, we hit it um, in shells on Thursday, but we're really practicing three days. Uh, and that, over the course of a season, allows them to be fresh on Friday nights, and I think it allows them to be fresh come week 14, 15, 16. Yeah, well, great stuff that you shared with us here today, a ton of it. Uh, really packed a lot into this, this uh, 25, 30 minutes we're talking here, but you know, of all the things you do, some incredible stuff, you, know, you look at it as a coach. What's the thing, one thing you do as a coach that gives your players the winning edge? Our belief is it's in the unity. We, we say we have some life lessons in our program. Life lesson number one is life's all about relationships. And so to us, when a kid knows that we care about him more as a person than as a player, again, going back to some of the things we do that, that hopefully give feet to that, uh, to walk the walk and not just talk the talk, I think they're willing to give more for you on Friday night. And I, I hope our program is a program that sets them up for success in life because of how we teach them to deal with professionalism, adversity, loss. And so, again, I, I think our secret sauce is in the unity. Uh, we have a common bond with the fact that, uh, that there's bigger things than this game, but this game also matters as well. And so it, it's, it's, it's that interplay that we work with them hopefully daily on. And uh, we're at a good spot to be able to train it and be open with our faith about it. And uh, we've, we've been blessed to have some great kids to get a coach along the way. So for coaches out there who want to follow you, uh, learn more about what you do, connect with you, what's the best way to do that? It used to be nothing. I used to listen to these podcasts, and I thought I wouldn't have anything to say there. My wife made me get Twitter. So uh, <laughs> I think I'm at Coach Softly, S-O-F-T-L-E-Y. So that's the way you can do it right now. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking time out here during the uh, coaching school and sitting down and talking ball with us and sharing some of the things you do. I think there's a lot of value you provided here today. And best of luck to you and your team in 2022 and, you know, to be playing in December. I appreciate it. Coaches, be sure to check out some of the related content in this episode. Some episodes that come to mind. One with Eric Corm talking about player load and scripting practices so that you're game ready in week one. Alternative practice periods. I'll put that one in the show notes. And then adjustment periods during practice. It reminded me of coach you know, going to the board and sitting down and talking about those. I think those are relevant as well. Uh, follow all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.